In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we continue with this class. Uh, this is the second class on rekindle the fire for our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, rekindle the zeal to serve Him. Um, kind of just follow up on what we have talked about last class. So we talk about building that personal relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. In order to, instead of asking people, right, hey, why don't you become more zealous? Hey, you should, you should, you should become more zealous. We look at ourselves. We focus on ourselves. Actually, when we, when we become warm, when we become, um, you know, have the abundance of God and really have the testimony of Lord Jesus Christ on us, then actually that will really motivate other people. Kind of like what we talk about in the afternoon sermon, uh, Nehemiah, right? When he, he, he started when he, when he looked at the situation in Jerusalem. And he heard that Jerusalem city wall is broken. Uh, the people in Jerusalem, they are, you know, be, you know, having a, living a very difficult life. People are bullying them. And when he heard that, he was very sad, right? He was very sad for the state that Jerusalem is in, right? Perhaps you, you can be, you know, you take a look at church and sometimes you find some challenges, even shortcomings, and you are sad for church. But instead of, you know, telling people what to do, you should do something or you should do something, you should change, you should repent. But he started with himself. Actually, Nehemiah started with himself. He kneeled before God and repented to God. He says, we have wrong. Actually, Lord, you are just, right? This happened to us because we have sinned against you. He first acknowledged that and he take it to heart, right? Any opportunity, he had this goal to go and serve God, to go and rebuild the city wall. So he put it in his heart. And when God presented him an opportunity, then he prayed about it. He asked the king for assistance. The king allowed him to go. And when he come back to Jerusalem, he just shared with people, right? He shared with people his testimony that happened to him. So when people hear that, what do people do? People say, let's get up and work, right? People say, let's get up and work because they see that God has moved already. They see God is with this guy. They see this Nehemiah is so diligent and so fervent, right? So they are moved. Right? Maybe they were cold before, maybe they were discouraged before, but now when they see someone who is so warm and so zealous and, and, and God is really working, then they will also encourage to pick up and, and to start to do the work of God. And, and throughout the whole thing, then of course Nehemiah continued to, <coughs> sorry, continue to encourage them, right? So we start with ourselves as well, right? We started with ourselves as well, especially for youth coordinators. Uh, you can see some uh, some youth, maybe they are struggling a little bit here and there. But what you do is you start off with yourself. Build that strong relationship with God. So many of you write. <coughs> I focus on the question number two, which is what kind of relationship that you want to have with our Lord Jesus Christ? One that you want, right? So I, I think one or two that came out a lot was friend to friend relationship with Christ and also father and son, right, relationship with God. And the reality is, I feel, you know, if, if you don't feel you are already friends with our Lord Jesus Christ, or you don't feel that your relationship with God is father and son, then actually we may be a little bit distant from God, isn't it? We may be a little bit distant from our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and I feel it's not the case that Lord Jesus Christ does not want to be your friend, right? It's not the case that he does not care for you like a loving father. In fact, he has already. In fact, he is the provider. He is God who created heaven and earth. Every morning when you wake up, every morning when you can still wake up, 
and you can still breathe. The sun still shines. That actually shows you how much God, Lord Jesus Christ, still loving you, right? He loves you, so you are still alive. He loves you, so you can do this and you can do that. He loves you and provides for you. Not only that, of course, he, he, he guides us, right, in our spiritual life. Our, our, our walk of faith, right? He continued to guide us, continued to help us. He actually loved us and willing to care for us like a father to, to a son. But sometimes we are a little bit reluctant, two ways, right? Friend to friend, we're a little bit reluctant to share with him whatever challenge that we have, right? I think one, one thing about friend is if you have a really good friend, what do you call it? A confidant, right? If you have someone that you can tell everything, actually it's super blessed. If you have someone like that, that, that you have, right? So whatever challenges that you have, whatever difficulties that you have, you can tell this person and this person will not, this person, person will not judge you, right? He will know that you are trying hard. He will know, you know, to encourage you. He will not try to put you down. Actually, Lord Jesus Christ is like this. And sometimes we are, we are very afraid to come to Lord Jesus Christ because we feel I mean, it's true that we are sinner, right? We feel we are the sinner. We are not worthy to come to draw close to Lord Jesus Christ. So we dare not come close to Him. Actually, we tend to follow at a distance, kind of like Peter, right? When, thank you. When Peter was, so when Lord Jesus Christ was being trial and stuff like that, then Peter, he followed at a distance. Some people, when they follow Lord Jesus Christ, that's how they feel. They dare not run away from Lord Jesus Christ because they still hope to go to heaven in the future. But they also dare not draw too close to Lord Jesus Christ because they feel their sin might be exposed and they might be punished or something like that, right? So really, if we cannot have that friend and friend relationship, it's, it's not about Lord Jesus Christ. It's not He doesn't want to be friend with us, but we, don't, we, we have that reservation to be willing to pour our heart out to Him. And that's what the Bible is telling us. It's okay. You can tell Him. Right? Yes, there are some ugly parts in you, your life, that you are too shameful to, to you know, let people know about it. But it's okay, you can tell him, because he was once a human as well, right? He came into the world as a human being, and he knows all our weaknesses. He knows all our weaknesses. He himself was tempted the same way as we did. Of course, the Bible said, yet without sin. Yet without sin. He was able to overcome all these things, but he was tempted in every way as we did. But that gives us a confidence that we can come to him. That we can come to him because he can understand our weaknesses so we can come to him we can tell him our weaknesses and we know that he would understand and not only that he will be compassionate towards us and be willing to help us overcome it just as he did right and then that's why he gave us the holy spirit to help us not only know what is wrong but have the power to overcome it to overcome it okay that's that's that part and also about father and son i think this part is about trust Right? Especially when the, when the child is young, right? The child is young. He always relies on the father, always relies on the mother. And he trusts, right? My father and mother will take care of me. Food will be provided. They don't need to worry about where my food is going to come from. Right? They don't need to worry about where I'm going to sleep tonight, right? Because a child has parents that are so comforting to take care of them. They don't need to worry about these things. But eventually what happened is, I mean, you know, we, we, we really cannot trust in Lord Jesus Christ, really. A lot of us does not trust in Lord Jesus Christ. We put our trust in what? In our own capabilities, right? We put our trust in uh, maybe the monies that we make already, the monies that we have already. And we say, you know, we have all this wealth stored up for myself. I can relax and enjoy my life for the many, many years to come, right? So that is, that's the reason I think a lot of people rather put their trust on the physical things that they can see 
brother than our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus tells us, right? You don't need to worry about this and don't need to worry about that. Look at the sparrow. Even the Heavenly Father, they are so insignificant. But even the, the Heavenly Father feed the sparrow. How about you? You are much more precious in the eyes of our Lord Jesus Christ. Much more precious in the eyes of our Heavenly Father. He will take care of you. He will take care of you. And it's that trust, I feel, sometimes we are lacking. We always make plans to prepare for ourselves. So to make sure we have this, I don't know, security, financial security, this security, that security. And we spend all this time pursuing after these things in order to feel secure, feel peaceful. But actually, Lord Jesus Christ reminded us, if you truly believe in God, you truly build that relationship with Him and really trust Him, He will take care of you. And you will really experience that. Actually, one of the sisters, they, they went to uh, South America. They went to South America and then they do business, right? They pretty much spend everything they have, you know, buy, you know, lend it there, and then they got a place to live, got a business open. They don't even know where the next month rent is going to come from, right? They really just spend everything already. At least they have some money to spend to, to start off a business. So you just opened a restaurant, a Chinese restaurant in South America. And really, she doesn't know what to do, right? I mean, there is no budget for marketing. And this was years ago. I mean, they have no budget for marketing. You know, how, how do you get people to come in? What did she do? She just prayed, right? She said, you know, thank you, Lord, for guiding us here. You know, bring us safely here. But now we have a business. Please feed us, right? Please help us. You know what she did? She go around and bless every table. Lord, may you bless this table. May you bless that table. And the first day of business, it was full. By the time the dinner time come, it was full. Can you imagine that? It's just a small, small shop. The first day, you know, she probably expect, you know, go hungry for some time. But it was full that day. And you know, in that country, sometimes the power would just go up randomly. Yeah, you know, it's a third world country, right? The power, maybe second world, I don't know. The, the power would just go out randomly. And that day is supposed to, you know, have business. Another event I'm talking about, right? It's even like, you know, by the time she was, her, her business was well known, even like government officials, right? They, they, they book uh, with her restaurant to come and eat at a particular time. But there was no power. There was no power. So she prayed and prayed. And just before they come, the power came back on. Right, so so she was uh, she was testifying and she was very much thankful because she feel right especially those you know those who 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 kind of uh, do business that she feel God is really taking care of her right God is really taking care of her right if she rely on God God has never failed her so that no matter where she go actually she is very much thankful to God she is very much thankful to God even after she retired. Even after she retired, when she learned that the church is building a new, uh, new, new building, right? She's building a new, new location. And she said, you know, God has been so kind to me before. I will try my best to, to, to serve him. So she set out in her heart, this is the amount of money that I want to offer to God. So she, she actually, she retired already. She is like not, not young, but she would go and do some, you know, like a part-time job to save up some money in order to make that offering to God. Right, just out of her, out of her thankfulness to God, that she God has helped her, and and actually God bless her family a lot. Right after she do that, you know, God eventually allow her family actually to open another business, even even in Canada. Right, for the longest time they were working for other people, but God allows them to be business owners after she 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 uh, she she put God's work first. Right, so she really experienced God's guidance and help. So we we can I I feel. 
I feel it's not up to God that wants us to be friend, friend with us or, or to, to take care of us like a father and son relationship, but it's up to us to really open our heart, willing to share, right? Willing for him to come into our heart and to know all our secrets, right? To know all our secrets and he is willing to help. He is not here to judge us. He's not here to condemn us, right? Even if without you allowing him to know, actually he knows all about you already anyway, right? He sees your heart. There's nothing you can hide from him. I thought it was quite interesting. You know, after Adam and Eve sinned, right? They, they ate the fruit that God told them not to eat. They ate the fruit that God told them not to eat. And when God came to the Garden of Eden, what did they do? They hide themselves, right? Because they, they ate the fruit. But then God said, where are you? Where are you? What does God need to ask? Where are you? God knows exactly where they are, right? Why? Because but God doesn't want to intrude himself. You see what I'm saying, right? God doesn't want to intrude himself. He knows he knows us. He knows us. And He wants us to kind of acknowledge our sin, right? He wants us to acknowledge that we need, we need His help. He doesn't want to force His help onto us. And if we... <coughs> sorry. If we are able to do that, willing to submit ourselves, right? Willing to share our, you know, every little secret, weaknesses with Him. He will not judge us. He will not condemn us. He's, that's not what He came to this world to do. He has come to help us. Exactly that, because we have these weaknesses, that's why he needs to come. If we didn't have these weaknesses, he didn't even need to come in the first place. Okay, so that was the follow-up from, uh, from yesterday. Um, we talk about how we, we focus on ourselves, that relationship. The second part, uh, what I wanted to talk about today is um, how to rekindle fire, right? How to, how to become more more uh, warm, right? Our, ourself included and also the, the fellowship. How do we motivate the youth to serve God more? Actually, it's by serving God. We've got to start off somewhere. As you serve, actually, the more you will be given, the more um, that you will, you will enjoy the work, the guidance, the abidance of God. Let's take a look at um, Second, Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter one. Second Timothy chapter one verse six. Second Timothy chapter one verse six. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. <coughs> Okay, so um, Paul is talking to young worker Timothy, right? I mean, at that time, the young, young, young worker Timothy was, uh, was into this term kind of like a preacher, right? So they, they, they lay hand on him, pray for him, ordain him, and send him out to work, right? Just like how Paul was sent out by the church in Antioch, right? The Holy Spirit decided for Paul and Barnabas to serve him, so they lay hand on him and send them out, right? And that sending actually has power, Right? And even when Paul laid hand on him, pray for him, ordain him, ordination, for example, actually he was, he was given also gift right, to serve the church for the church of God. So here Paul said to Timothy, use up, use the gift, right? utilize the gift that you have been given when you are given this ministry. When you are given this task, you receive gift from God, right? which was uh, in you through the laying on of my hands. Even though Paul was the one who laid hands, but actually the gift is from the Holy Spirit, from God. But the important part I want you to pay attention is here. Stir up the gift of God. How do you stir up the gift of God? By using it, 
right? By using it. The more that you use the gift that was given to you by God, the more that you will receive, the more that you will be familiar with it, and the better you will be at it, right? It's kind of like the, 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 the servants, the servants, uh, Lord Jesus Christ talked about parable, right? He go out to a far country, and then there were three servants he called. One he gave five talents, one he gave two talents, one he gave one talent. But every servant got something. One given five, one given two, one given one. But when the master left, what do the servants do? They can choose what to do with the talents that was given them, right? The five, they do business, and he make another five. In order to make another fund, you got to utilize the talents that you have already. Use it. As you use it, then you gain more and more, right? The two, the one received two talents does exactly the same thing, right? He go and do business and he make another two talents. But what about the one who does have one talent? He said, well, I just have a little bit, right? Then what does he do? He go and dug a hole and hide his one talent in there and does not even use it, right? So then when the master come back, he com commended the, the one with five talent, the one with two talent. You're good and faithful. You are, you are faithful in little things. I will entrust you with many things. You can come in to enjoy the master's glory and happiness, right? But what about the one receiving one talent? You're a wicked and lazy servant, isn't it? Right? He was given talent, but he did not even use it. So I, I guess one of the questions that we want to answer is, or, or from these verses, is that in order to have more, more to fame into flame, the gift of God is, is really to, to uh, or in, in a translation here, stir up the gift of God, is, is to use it, to put the gift of God into practice. And that is how you can, first of all, experience God for yourself, experience God for yourself. And secondly, that gift will abound even more, right? So if you have few people here and, and your youth, local youth group, right? And everyone contribute the little gift that they have already, right? Maybe this guy have what? 0 0.5 talent, right? This one have 1.2 talent or something like that. But everyone put their talents together to serve God, serve one another. Actually, them themselves, first of all, will experience God is with them, right? God is with us. And, and, and then, as you serve more and more, you will, you will be, your, your talents, your, your, your will actually increase. You will actually increase. It's the opposite, right, of the fire analogy, I feel, right? If you burn the woods, the fire will become less and less fuel, right? But the reality with God's gift is the, the more that you burn, the, the more flame that you will, it will appear if that makes sense. Let's take a look at uh, 1 uh, Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you, how you turned to God from idols, to serve the living and true God. Amen. Now the last part here, to serve the living and true God. The God that we serve is living and true. What does that mean? That means there is a response. Right? I think that is the most difference from worshiping idol. Why do these people, when they worship idols, actually the idols cannot hear, the idols cannot see, the idols cannot do anything for you. They are just man-made creations. Right? They cannot do anything for you. But when they switch, from worshiping idols to worshiping God. They experience differently because now this Lord that they worship is true, 
and he is living. That means you can experience him. If you work in a society, right, and if you have a really good boss, then you, you can experience it, right? He will treat you very nicely. Same thing. When you serve the true and living God and diligently when you serve him, you will experience him. So many people today, I think for youth, one of the biggest challenge for youth, even they grow up in church, and they might, they might find it difficult to keep this faith. And one of the biggest reasons is what? If you ask them, they say, well, I, I, I don't experience God, right? I come to church, right? Yes, the brother and sister is very loving. Yes, the food is very nice. Yes, the teaching is you know, somewhat good. But I don't experience God. And, and I, I think the biggest problem is this. If we do not serve God, if we just come here to be an observer, we just come here to kind of participate and browse and as a stranger, as a visitor, then you may be able to see, you know, you can hear testimonies, but you don't experience yourself until, until you get yourself involved, right? Really get rid of the idols in your heart, in your life, and really turn to God and really serve the true and living God. When you serve the true and living God, you utilize the talents that you have been given to serve Him, then you will experience Him for sure. You will experience Him for sure because He is true and living. But what talents do you have? What talents do you have? Because everybody is different, right? But everybody definitely has some kind of talent. Let's take a look at 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of many full grace of God. Does everyone have gift? Yes. As each one has received a gift. So you cannot say, I don't have a gift. No, you have. You definitely have. You just got to identify that gift, right? Perhaps you have already hidden it away and dug a hole in it and, and throw it in there. It's just you haven't, you know, you better dig it out. You better, you better take it out and, and start using it, right? Minister it to one another that means use it to serve one another use it to serve the church of god right use it for the glory of god use it as good steward actually this gift does not belong to us right i mean it was kind of lent to us in a way right given to us for his purpose we are not the owner we are not the owner we are the steward we are the one who manage it but we have to use it the way our master wants us to use it I want us to kind of, uh, this, this next exercise or activity, I want us to, let, let us think about what is the, what is the part, or, or what is my gift, if you think about it, what is my gift, your, your personal, like what is the gift that God, how do you feel you fit into the service in the church? How do you feel, which part are you? If we take a look at Romans chapter 12, you can actually go and, um, uh, go to the link that I sent to you earlier today for, for this class. It's like a, what do you call it? It's the, I see there are some people here already. Um, you can join, you can join. So we are members of one body, right? And, and I want you to, hey, somebody is dragging this off. Stop. 
How do you lock this in place? <coughs> so you can use the post-it note. I, I, this is my first time using this. I'm not too familiar with it. But I want you to kind of put down what I have here, right? So, okay. So we are a member of one body. But how do you identify when you think about yourself? What is the gift that you feel God has given you, right? To serve Him, to serve Him, right? And, and, and I think we can, we can, you can pick anything, right? That's from the body. Even, even, I mean, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ is the, the head, right? But I think we can also talk about, like, I'm the, I don't know, I'm the, you can be creative. I'm the, I don't know, the eye of the church or something because I can see when the danger is coming or something. I'm very observant, right? There are people who are super observant, you know, and that's very important because they can see when people are sad. They can see when people are having a hard time, right? And, and I think perhaps more of the sister that is really good at that, right? Or people who is really good at speaking, for example. Or they are very... You, yeah, you kind of get the idea, right? And, and hopefully from the good direction. What is the kind of gift that you have? What, how do you feel you fit into this one body? Which part do you play? Which part is your role? Which part is your role? So think about it. And you can put it in. And, and I hope you can put in your name as well. There's nothing to, you know, we work together, right? So I put, I put myself, I am the feet. I go wherever he wants me to go. Right, so he says, Tony, go to Vancouver. I said, okay, then I'm here. Go to Africa. Yes, no problem. I'm there. We go wherever. Don't use draw. Use the, the note thing. I guess you can, you can use the drawing theme, whatever thing you like, it's okay. Well, take some time to, to work on it. Think about it. What is the part that you have in the Lord, in the church? What kind of gift has God given you? What kind of a mission do you feel you have? What kind of task are you good at? Use the post-it note. That's the easiest one. The, the drawing line is... Uh, post-it note is the, the one under the arrow. Don't drag mine. Just click on the add a note, add a sticky note, and type in your thing like I did. Grass is not a body part. Put your name in the in your thing. So we know who you are. If not, it's okay too, but ideally. Hands times two, okay. There's hand. 
And I hope you can explain a little bit, right? Like, I mean, maybe like in the in the notes or like I did. Like, I I feel I'm the feet because I go wherever he wants me to go, right? So if you feel your hands, for example, um, maybe you play the piano for church, right? Play the piano for him. That that's good too. Or you can do a lot of holy work is to do with hand. Maybe five more minutes. Stop moving my stuff around. No real function. This appendix thing is too big to make it small. Oh, okay. It's still going on. Usually just come in. I knew something like this would happen. My sticky note disappeared. Oh. Did someone move? Okay. Michelle, you're, you're, I, we can see your sticky note there. Maybe you can add the words. Is it hard to see on the phone if it's so small? You can zoom in, right? You can zoom in to see like, what people write. Okay. I need to be removed. I enjoy working behind the scenes. Okay. Hey, you guys are creative. What? What's that? Someone draw me. 
eyebrow. I'll actually, I'll remove my thing and the top. That way, more space for everyone. There. We have a few years, eyes, and thumb. thumb is properly supported. Thumb, properly supported, okay. Isn't that wrist, but okay. I have hands. Okay, is everybody waiting? Let me see what. Waiting. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. Okay, thank you for your input. You can you can take a look yourself. Uh, so we can see um, God has given us many willing enable brothers and sisters co-workers bless us with so many uh, wonderful co-workers parts in the church to work together for his glory for his purpose and 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 you know we 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 do things we see things differently right we can do things differently and one of the most important thing is to how can we work well together how can we work well together uh, let's take a look at uh, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, verse 2, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Right? If your body, you work so well together, right, to 
your body works so well together to kind of maintain the function of the whole body for a particular purpose. So we actually got to do the same thing as well. Work well together with one another. Not one part is more important than the others. Not one part is more important than the others. Actually, we cannot see ourselves. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm hen. I do a lot of work, right? I am the, I don't know, what else do we have here? Are people still working on this thing? I mean, is there a way to... Hold on. How do I... I don't know how to do this one. It's okay. Okay, anyway. Okay, don't look at that one now. You can, you can play with it later. But um, focus on helping one another, right? It's not about doing things that can bring glory to yourself, doing things that can show I'm better than other people, doing things to bring attention or to glory for yourself. But we do it for the glory, right, for the whole church, for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. If, if you do something and then people say, wow, you're so good, you're so glorious. Actually, at that time, we have to be very careful, right? We have to be very careful because we might be stealing the glory that belong to Lord Jesus Christ, that belong to Lord Jesus Christ. So whatever we do, actually, people give glory to God, right? If you, if you go and care for somebody, right, then, then people feel thankful and loved by the whole church, right? Does that make sense, right? It's not like... You go care for somebody, and then does somebody say, wow, you are the only one that care for me. You are the only one that love me, right? Nobody else in the church care for me, only you, right? So you, at that time, you differentiate yourself with the, with the church already. If, you, if, you, if, you, if you, your hand do something good for other people, right, people will think you're a whole person, not just your hand. Wow, your right hand is so generous. No, it's, it's, it's the whole person, right? So you have to have that mentality, you, we have to have that, that understanding. We are one body. Whatever we do, we just use whatever God gave to us and we serve one another. We serve others. And the purpose is to bring glory to God. And one of the most important qualities to work together is to be humble. Is to be humble and even see others, esteem others better than yourself. Esteem others better than yourself. That is the way how we can work together well with other people. Especially, we have so many hands. Right? We have so many years uh, in the church, right? How do we coordinate all these hands to work together? How can we coordinate the, you know, people, some people like to work in the background. Some people like to work in the front. Or they don't mind working in the front, right? How do we coordinate everyone work so well together? Some people say, you got to go this way. You got to go that way. If you feel you are better, your opinion is more important, then sometimes, yes, I mean, in the, most of the time, the church, they will just, okay, sure, you know, you can, you can do it this way, right? They will not try to pick a fight with you. But then in reality, that, that is not good, right? That is not good. And then if you come up with two diff different individuals all having this kind of mentality, you have to do what I say, then there is conflict in church, right? There can be a lot of conflict in church, but the reality is, how can we, how can we be like-minded? It's not so much you, uh, let me see. In verse 2 says, being like-minded. 
What does it mean being like-minded? It's like, hey, you better change to be like-minded to me, right? <laughs> or I force myself to change to be like-minded to you. Then we will not fight, right? Sometimes, even sometimes husband and wife is already very challenging. It's only two people, right? It's already very challenging for them to be like-minded on what to eat, you know, what, what to decorate the house or what to name their child, for example, right? It's already difficult for two people. Imagine having a church of 100 people. How can you be like-minded to one another? There is only one way. When we humble ourselves, see, other better than, see others better than ourselves, and we become like-minded to Christ. Right? Verse 5. That this might be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. If everyone tried their best, and by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, they become like-minded to Christ, as a result, then we are all like-minded to one another, isn't it? Right? You know, you, we'll just do our best to cultivate ourselves by the Word of God. You know, taking a look into the principle in the Bible, then that principle is already in the Bible. If everyone can submit to the principle of, in the Bible, based on love, based on truth, based on holiness, then actually the things in the church, we don't need to, not too much, not too much argument or too much fighting, right? Even though, you know, both sides can be saying, I really love Jesus, I'm doing this for Jesus, but then there's a lot of fighting. It cannot happen that way. If you both led by the Spirit of God and both humility and loving and kind and see others better than yourself, not see others stupider than yourself, then actually you will be able to work together, right? Be like-minded to Christ Jesus. Be like-minded to Christ Jesus. That's how we can work well together. Actually, you know, every church, God will bless us with all different kinds of talent you'll see. Every church, I find, really, it's very miraculous. Every church, you have just have people of different characteristics, right? Different talents. Some, they are more, more um, in terms of evangelical work. Really, they are really good at bringing people. They are very good at uh, preaching. And there are some who are very good at pastoral work. They are very good at caring for members. They can see and then they, can, they know how to listen, right? I think ear is a really good one. You listen, not only to the Word of God, but also listen to other brothers and sisters, listen to their concerns, listen to what they need help with, right? Sometimes we, the reality is we like to be the mouth, isn't it? We like to tell people what to do. I think you should do this. I think you should do that. But without much listening, without much listening, we just kind of see they have a problem and tell them to change this and that without really understanding their situation, put ourselves in their shoes. We just tell them what to do. Read the Bible and pray. That can solve everything. Amen. Okay, you go. Fixed. <laughs> right? So well, we need to, it's true, read the Bible and pray, but you know, we, I, I think there's, uh, there's more to, to it than that, right? Listen, right? Care for them, right? And, 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 and walk with them, right? And, and build them up, especially the part that is struggling. Then we put more effort into, into uh, taking care of that part so that the whole, whole body can be strong again. If one part of the body is ill, is hurting, then the whole body does not feel well, well, right? Right. Even if one part of your body is hurting, then the whole body does not feel well. Well, so it's it's the same in the in the in the body of Christ. If one of us they are really struggling, family issues, other issues, then we actually shall care for this member, pray for this member, do actual real life things to help this member. The things that we can encourage, counseling to bring them up again. Then the whole church, the whole body can be well again. And if you take a look at the heart of Lord Jesus Christ, actually it's just 
one word, humility, right? Humbleness, humility. That is the heart of Lord Jesus Christ. He did not come into our life, even though he's the Lord and the mighty God. He does not direct people around. Actually, if you take a look, he's very humble. He even humbled himself. He's very submissive himself, right? And he, when he moves you, he want to. He doesn't want to force you to do this and to do that, which he can, but he doesn't. He want you to. He want to move you with his love, right? He do everything for you first. When you are still bad, when you are still sinners, he love you first. He give his life for you first, right? He want to move you so that you feel his love and willingly, willingly. Want to follow his footsteps, willingly willing to deny yourself and carry the cross. Yes, you have to deny yourself and carry the cross, but it's not a forceful uh, process. The process is you, he loved you first already, he sacrificed you first already. And when you come to understand that, you, you're willing to take up the cross yourself too, right? When you really understand and feel his love, then you're willing to sacrifice for him and really follow that, his footsteps as well. Right? So, so he, does not, he does not force you because he is humble. When a person is humble, you don't force other people. Same thing. You know, when everyone is humble, yes, you know what is right. You declare what is right. right? You, 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 st- you steadfast doing what is right. But, you know, at humble at the same time. And then when everybody can do that, then the church will be very, very harmonious. Right? And the Lord will guide us. The church will grow. Everyone, they're not just looking out for their own interests, right? If we do this, what is, what is in it for me, right? But also in the interest of others, most important in the interest of Lord Jesus. How does, how does doing this benefit or bring glory to, to his name, right? Everything is permissible, but not everything is what? Beneficial, right? There are a lot of things you can do that is lawful, that is okay, but it doesn't really, it's not really helpful, Right, so do everything to the glory of God. Do everything to the glory of God. Okay, so we shall conclude about here. Any any questions or any thoughts, sharings that you want to have? You can submit questions, uh, Q and A questions. You know, if you want to me, email. Then uh, we can, especially to do with uh, youth ministries. Right, if if there are something that you feel. That your local youth ministry is struggling, you can you can submit the questions to me, and we'll try to you know answer them or find a time to share about them tomorrow. Okay, so let us bow head and pray in silence. Amen. We'll take a fifteen minute break. We start our afternoon prayer at five. <laughs>